hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. And what's really important is that we band together, we speak with one voice. And I'm like, you sure? Because I've got two kids, I don't want it to ruin your hunt. And you're like, yeah, yeah, just come and hunt with me. Just take your time. Like I said, it would have killed a normal man, but I'm not normal, but, you know. When you said, why do you want to talk about that? To me, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so many different factors that go into this decision. Enjoy it for what it is. Every moment of it. If, if, if you're only going to shoot one duck. Welcome to the Foul Front Podcast, part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Hey, Foul Front, it's Hannah from Oak Barn Beef. We're giving away a box of steaks, jerky, and more premium beef exclusively for the listeners of the Foul Front. To sign up, head over to foulfront.com and click on the Oak Barn Beef Giveaway tab to enter into this giveaway. Thanks, and we can't wait for you to try our Nebraska-raised and dry-aged premium beef. And just rained down birds. You know what? You came down here with Alec, and we were we were on that that L shaped. Uh, I don't remember if it was a cornfield or a bean field that year. It was corn. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. But uh, we had all of them lessers that were trying to work, but they just wouldn't do it. Then as soon as we stopped calling at them, yeah, we started shooting them. And we also adjusted, because uh, that was like one yeah. of the first times you used dive bombs, right? Yeah, we had like 50 dozen out, but it only looked like maybe like 15. Yeah, and so then we spread them all out. Yeah, made them much more visible. And then they started coming in. Yeah, it's all a learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're down here at Sky Panda Outdoors uh, with Chad Dawson. And I got my dad here, Doc. Coach Page here. <laughs> got Dave Langdon. How's it going? And Bryce Harrington. Happy to be here. Yes, yes. Um, well, we had a pretty good hunt today. We did. I uh, did. So. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about our setup. Well, actually, uh, bring it back to the scout. Well, so uh, we've had had pretty warm temperatures, unseasonally warm temps. So uh, the birds hadn't really been uh, getting out for a morning feed. Uh, they just kind of been bouncing around from loaf to loaf, pond hopping, and uh, 
we we caught them in there and seen them you know flitting about in there and it's a it's a a, a favored honey hole of ours and uh we knew where the birds would feed if they were going to feed and we knew where they'd be coming from and we were set up right under them set the ambush so had a perfect win for it perfect scenario for the the setup and kind of turned into a perfect hunt yeah coach walk us through your hunt it was very nice i tell you what i like those uh that what we were sitting on what do you call it the the alps the, the alps. Blinds. yeah the blinds the lay down blinds those were sweet i mean it was like sitting at home in my recliner watching tv but i was watching wildlife coming at us but it was neat and uh i really had a good time today so comfortable that uh you can catch a cat now yes or get a little power nap in five i think you had the most action-packed hunt out of everybody um and that's mostly because you only woke up when birds were working well, <laughs> why else do you need to be awake <laughs> i mean well, here they come doc here they come that's oh, right what? huh you yeah. said shoot them and I did. All of us. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun on the in-between flock. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave, tell us a little bit about the setup. So we're set up in a uh, in a little uh, pond, and we're on the south bank and uh, the layup blinds. And then we had a jerk string straight out in front uh, in the middle of uh, the spread. And it was kind of a... I guess I'd, I'd describe it as like a lazy U. Like it didn't push all the way up like to really define the U, but like it, it created a nice little hole. Uh, furthest decoy was 20, 25 yards out. Yeah, debatable. And that yeah. <laughs> no. 50 or 75 if you're using Ben's measurements. Yeah, it, it, if you have Ben's eyesight, maybe it was 120 yards out there and you can't <laughs> tell distances, but it was about 20, 25 yards out there. And, uh, it just created a perfect setup when the birds actually came in to finish, and it really created easy shooting. So, do you guys notice how those birds? Like, we had a pretty, a pretty dead south wind, and they they all basically approached in from the east, and then they just curled last second. Yeah. In, they didn't take a more direct approach. It was kind of kind of odd, but then we had that one small group though that they did lap after lap. After lap. Yeah, we worked then, a few lessers like that. Well, yeah. well, we had those two lessers that came in like, like they were trying to act like teal. Yeah, they come in on kamikaze. They're coming they, in hot. They, they came in like little fighter jets. So I'll say this. It was really nice to have a group of guys come in that whenever you have killable flocks come in, not a whole lot leave. It was very nice to, you know, three birds come in, three birds die. Now, I don't think that was the tune that you were singing on the first two. <laughs> no, it wasn't because you guys let them two get out. <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be a stinker. <laughs> and turned it around. Yeah, we needed a little warm-up. You know, yep. we needed the first two to come in and knock off some of the rust. Bryce, what was your take on today? Well, hold on. It was, oh. this, was, uh, this was Bryce's first goose hunt. First goose hunt. So, uh, first goose hunt. First Kansas hunt. First layout blind hunt. Um, first time that you said take them, did, definitely did not fire a shot. Was just kind of had never seen geese come in like that. Had never seen them cup up and just 
So it was a little bit outside of my lane on that first on that first group that came in, but what? I mean, it was why didn't you shoot? One, it was outside of my lane. Two, I don't even think I brought my brought my gun up to my shoulder just because I mean, just kind of took it all took it all in and like figured out. I mean, when I first got into the layout blind, I mean, I didn't know even really to. I felt just uncomfortable in it because I'd never never laid in one before. I'd never been kind of on a setup like that. I've hunted marshes, hunted. Um, just kind of tree blinds, hunted homemade A-frames, uh, so hunted off a boat, but have never hunted in a layout before. So it was just kind of getting my bearings a little bit on those first couple groups. And second half of the day, really, really got the hang of it. So uh, on this this podcast is kind of catered towards the, the new guy, um, you know, guys such as yourself, uh, just breaking in. And uh, so with him being unfamiliar with hunting in, layout blind it was important for us as the outfitter to you know kind of coach him on you know proper you know where to put your gun when you're in the blind and safety and lane shooting so that you're not you know ringing people's ears and everything like that so if you're a new guy you just always keep your gun outside your blind and then uh, shoot your lanes which is kind of like learning to drive 10 and 2 and then the rest kind of handles itself, but um, it was nice having guys that take take what we've got to offer as far as coaching and put it to practice. So that was really nice. And you gave us plenty of er, plenty of fair warning. Said, "I'll tell you once, it'll be nice after the first time if you forget it. After that, we're going to have a problem." And I never <laughs> did have a problem. Well, you got to be direct and lay down the ground rules. It's just like parenting. <laughs> yeah you guys listen a lot better than the kids do though so yeah yeah had a little scare today right oh man had a kid decide to play hide and seek without telling anybody he was playing hide and seek yeah we're all cleaning birds and he climbed into the 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 bunkhouse and got all up on the top bunk under the blankets and was just hiding. I didn't see. I came in and looked, and I hollered his name. And About all didn't of us see did. Him. Yeah, he wouldn't answer his name. Wouldn't nothing. He was winning. It was terrifying. Yeah. Had people looking out on the road, looking through ditches, looking <laughs> at ponds underneath uh, decks. It was fun though. Yeah, it was fine once it was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a huge sigh of relief and <laughs> nauseousness. Yeah, but all right, Bryce. Scale of one to ten. You're on the spot. How'd Chad do today? Nine. 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 Okay, good. Well, I wasn't alone in this venture. I mean, Dustin, I mean, I do a lot of this stuff, but uh, I definitely don't do this alone. Dustin Dustin gets You guys did a great job. Too. You work well together as a team. Yeah, I like the good cop, bad cop aspect of it. <laughs> who's the good cop and who's the You're bad cop? You're the good cop. <laughs> Dustin's the bad cop. <laughs> Dustin's the reminder. Hey, uh... Get in the blind. Get in the blind. Chad, sit down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all stoved up. I'm in the one. I'm in the one blind that we didn't replace this year. So, yeah, that's well, the blind. You, you did get to switch out of that blind. I yeah, think, I mean I think that was a little. Bread, but <laughs> in, in all reality, the the Alps blinds they kind of overlap whenever the doors close, and then the the clunker I was in in comparison, the doors don't close all the way, so. It would have probably been better for the photographer. Uh, he could have slipped his camera lens out that gap and still maybe not had to pop out and a little well, better. 
there's even a couple of like big sections like during the hunt where he was off like on the other side of the pond getting different shots at us and you still stayed in that alps blind well yeah well i didn't i was in my clunker oh the, sorry yeah you were in the clunker yeah but yeah. that alps blind was just sitting unused yeah my brain wasn't quite firing <laughs> if i'd have right. thought about it it'd have been i'd have hopped over but we had a couple highlights from the day we did um and Bryce, I want you to give us the little a little teaser on your perspective of what was the best group we had coming. Well, excuse me, no. What was the best part of the hunt today? Best part of the hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely say. I mean, like when we'd have the different groups work in, and uh, like Chad was saying, I mean, we'd have we'd have three birds come in, and we would not have three birds leave. And so just those, those different moments of you have a whole group come in and none of those birds leave mean complete and total success on those different groups. That was for me, I mean, kind of the overall highlight, but coolest moment by far was it's a toss up. It's either, it's either when coach popped up before every single one of us did and just whacked it. Uh, the other hey the other, hey you, you can't just say something like that this yeah. is a family yeah. this is a family podcast like he jumped up out of the blind and waxed a single that was just bombing in hard I don't think and, uh, that dust did Dustin call that one yeah Dustin yeah. called I, it and I don't know how he called it but he didn't finish his first syllable and I've never seen you doc like jump up that fast. Yeah, uh, I, I, you beat me. I was, I was coming up. I was hungry for that bird because I was like, ah, I don't know. He's kind of slow on the trigger. I'm gonna get this bird, and you beat the pants off. I don't know. Beat like that Toby Keith song, like ain't as good as he once was, but yeah, good yeah, once. I'm as good. Was. I'm as good as I once as I ever was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was just. He said, Kill, "Shoot it, shoot," and I just, boy, just like everything clicked. And it was boom, 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 boom. And he was right there. And I went, yeah. One shot. One shot. And I saw him fold. And I thought, yep, that's the way. And he didn't just think, yep. He's like, I'm a bad man. (laughs) I'm a a goose hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was was like, shoot it, bam. And it was, yeah. Yeah. That's just all we heard. But that was good. That was good. That was fun. Ben, what what was your highlight moment? I mean, there's a... It's easy to look back on the hunt after the successful hunt and think, damn, it was all a highlight, but what was your what was your shining moment for the morning? I would definitely say it was when dad, when you popped up and beat everybody to it and just stone cold killed that goose. Uh one of the things that I thought was the best about uh this hunt was the expectation management. Where he is, you know, you said, hey, guys, we might see a couple ducks right away. We might get one or two geese. Um, but we probably won't see any heavy action until, you know, sun's up and it's about 8.30 or 9. And, and kind of, I think that really allowed everybody to be relaxed when I think a lot of people would not have been relaxed. They'd have been thinking, oh, gosh, like came all this way. and I sank this money. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, for for us, you know, we can only we can only base you know the next day's hunt off of today's 
information. And so, you know, that's why we spend the time scouting and, uh, you know, they say don't doubt the scout. Well, you know, clients are depending on your your experience, your your scouting abilities to, you know, put together that plan. And I think if you just – if you – are upfront about what your actually what your expectations are. I mean, just it allowed for the slow times to not be stressful. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, guys, you know, uh, this is a goose shoot. You know, there's some ducks in the area. You may get a few few ducks first thing, and uh, then we're gonna we're gonna just kind of wait them out until they get up and go. Uh, but don't expect that until mid morning. So, yeah, I think that's. I don't know, just helps the blind not be so tense. That was the big difference for me. I mean, coming from first season of duck hunting and did teal where kind of everything works really early, really fast. And uh, I mean, you can get in and get out and be home before, before lunch. And with the goose hunts, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long, it's the long game that you're in for. I mean, so hang out in, while wait for in this scenario, it is. I mean, you're just kind of waiting for them to to get up and go to water. Um, but it's not always that way. If you're hunting a feed field, it's you know you may you may get them first thing. They do a hot and heavy feed, and then they're done. It's just you're you're hunting based off the situation, the information you got to go on. So and you like, were spot on. Like so. Ben said, yeah, the expectation wasn't there that. We're going to, it's just going to rain down birds. We're going to get limits right away and we'll be home before breakfast. If anybody ever tells you they guarantee you limits, they're lying. Yeah. I mean, they're lying. I think I've said that to you a lot, dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we broke that curse today. Yeah. You historically have not uh, been good luck charms. No. So. It's nice being a, a slump buster. Yeah. Uh, that's good. As an old baseball term. Yeah. So, yeah. Dave, expectation versus reality from your opinion. You know, I told you about this, what, a month ago? Uh, Yeah, about a month ago. Um, Really, expectation-wise, I, I, I just didn't know because this is the first time I've ever been out with, like, an outfitter and uh, – being in this part of Kansas. So I just, I didn't know what I was really going to see. I kind of had an idea that it was going to be pretty similar to what we've done or what I've been trying to do this, this past year up, up by where I'm living at now in uh, Leavenworth. Um, it was just executed a lot better, right? Like, uh, in, in all reality, uh, and it goes back to the scout. Uh, they, uh, Dustin and Chad knew exactly where the birds were and knew and they patterned these birds and they knew where they were going and how they worked in the area and they just put us on put us on the X and allowed us to do the work so like that that was that was nice um and then I, also uh, another thing too I, I felt like I was part of the hunt and I think that's important uh we intentionally bring a lot of brush to the morning so you guys can feel like you're really part of it. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I think that's good because, like, I, I I think I would have felt a little robbed if, like, I just had to show up and, like, load my shotgun 
and like just kind of sit there. But you know, being a part of the hunt, setting up the blinds, brushing in the blinds, uh, didn't get to work with decoys, but that's fine. Uh, there was a couple times like I was reaching for my calls. I had them on my neck early in the morning, but I was just listening to like Chad and Dustin like kill it on the calls, and I was like, I'm not gonna. Like I, like I think I'm okay at calling now, but uh, not at that level. When I was gonna sh- uh, show my rear end to it, but expectation wise, I, it was just it was amazing. And to see all those uh, birds, geese and ducks, like it was just it was it was something I know I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, without a doubt. So. I think like we've kind of been on the the round table like what was your your highlight moment so doc you're sitting here as Ben's dad and his his shining moment was watching you hop up and dust that bird what was your shining moment from your perspective it it's coming full circle because I can remember when he was a kid and we'd go out and he got his first pheasant or his first quail or something you know or even his catching a fish or something. So just the highlight, just being right there in the, in the, the, the blind beside him. And, and, uh, I, afterwards I, you know, I said, man, thanks, Ben. This was great. He said, Oh, we're going to do a lot more to this day. I said, Oh, I know we are. So just being here, that was, that's, that's the shiny moment being here. And it's come full circle. You know, now the, the student has become the teacher. <laughs> Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. And I did brush some blinds today. You did. There was, you know, for about a year now, because we're coming up on a year since we hunted together. Yeah, roughly. And you gave me some hell because you thought I was Well, I mean, it was well-deserved. You were being a diva. Like, last year you showed up, and we had to do a little bit of brushing, and... You're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta mess with this, uh, this thing that, whatever we're talking into right now, this microphone. I gotta mess with this, and I'm gonna take some pictures, and so yeah, you just kind of. It's a tall tale. I don't remember it that way. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I get to hunt with a lot of different groups, um, 
you know, and we have, it seems like there's always kind of one of those outstanding flocks or, you know, that really stick out in your brain and it'll be, you know, it'll be a topic of conversation for, you know, my next set of clients or my next hunt. It'll be fresh on my brain. But I think the part that makes the hunts for me from my perspective is the interaction in between flocks. And so, you know, the 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 hanging the hanging crap on you, the next guy because he whiffed on a on a layup, you know that, or they run it back because, you know, you you have to go relieve yourself outside the blind fifteen times, and every time <laughs> the the birds come in, they're attracted to that for whatever reason, and yeah, you hang the you hang the shit on them, and oh sorry, that's fine. <laughs> we, we can say shit. I don't think anybody cares. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how's uh, how was the groups like shit talking? I thought it was like in terms of like, well, you said one to ten. I'd say it's like a solid like seven point five. Yeah. Not like, too savage. It, it wasn't like rip your heart out kind of stuff. Not like Indiana Jones style. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like it was just uh, it was good, and everybody could take it. You could hang a little bit on them. They'd be cool with it. And then it was just a good group to, to be with. And then, you know, when the birds finally started doing it, that made it that made it a lot better. There was a lot of hooping, hollering, and high fives. And it was just it was a lot of fun. It was a really good hunt. All right. I want to get the tale from two perspectives here. We're going to talk about the keystone moment of the hunt. I'm gonna get it. I want to get it from Bryce's perspective, and I want to get it from Chad's perspective. Okay. So Bryce, tell us about the rain out. The rain out from start to finish, from like, okay, here come the birds. Well, I think because they were over on the overfeeding on the feedlot, weren't they? There was mm-hmm. a, that big group that got up, and how I mean, big was that group? Thousands. Yeah, two, two maybe three. Had to be it was a boatload. I mean, I. This is my first time, I mean, looking at geese, so I can't, I don't have a lot of frame of reference as far as like being able to look at it and say like, yeah, okay, line from there to there is probably going to be this many geese, but. If I, I mean, was talking in a different setting, it'd be an F pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. That's what I yeah. would call it. Or a metric crack tongue. Yeah. Like PG, yeah. PG, right? But and like right before that, I mean, everything had kind of, had kind of died down a little bit and um, we had. I mean, it even like got up out of the, out of the layouts for a little bit. And all of a sudden, I mean, you just, you just heard this whole, I mean, when did you like go from like, okay, we're chilling and relaxed to like, oh, also like, I mean, in the layout, I guess maybe I brushed mine up a little bit, a little bit too good, but I, I couldn't see hardly anything out of it. But I mean, you just, hear, you just hear the honks get louder and louder and louder. And then you start seeing the, uh, seeing the V's come in and I mean, it's not just, not just one or two, but I mean, there looks like five different ones coming in and, um, I don't know, kind of as like they were coming in from the, from the East. And so not like they were circling, they would just hook, hook kind of right in. And so then you start seeing birds in your face and there's a whole nother line of birds right behind them coming in. I mean, we had what, 20 over 20, maybe drop in on us. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was, I mean, it was like as they, I mean, get, get the ready. Water. Yeah, get ready. And they're, I mean, birds on the water. So 
I mean, me, I mean, I'm already starting to get excited just seeing them get close. And then it's like, they're already getting into the water before they say, take them. And kind of after that, it was almost like a blur for me. I know I contributed. I don't know if I, yeah. Out of your three shots, how many birds do you think you hit? Oh, I hit all three for sure. (laughs) All right, Chad, tell us about that group. Well, so like, as he was saying, there was like a a pile of them got up and they kind of, they kind of did their, their thing, kind of trading back and forth. And then, you know, three or four hundred split off and kind of started making their way towards us. And, uh, they passed over us in, you know, several large V's and didn't hardly give us a look. But uh, one of Did those... that make you a little nervous? It was kind of irritating because they weren't really following the playbook. And uh, so, you know, you're like I said earlier, you're basing it off of what you've seen, you know, in the days previous. And they, previous, they just, you know, circle in and dump. And uh, so then you're, you get apprehensive and worried that, you know, something's... Something's intervened and it's not going to play out, and then suddenly you're kind of looking, you know, foolish or not not prepared enough or whatever it is. You have a thousand different things run through your head, and uh, we had a couple different smaller flocks break off of those that that bigger flock, and uh, if I remember right, there was another flock kind of half-ass giving us a, a look. Uh, but this other flock, they were locked in from a long ways. If you've if you've waterfowl hunted, you can tell when a bird, you know, when the flock is interested, and you can tell from a long ways off. And these birds were steadily descending from probably a thousand yards out, just coming. And uh, you know, so we're sitting here talking, honking to them, giving them a little bit of chatter, and uh, they're just slowly coming, coming. And we're talking to these guys, saying. All right, guys, get ready. They're on. They're on the right. Get ready, and uh, you hear you hear like a, a simultaneous click of safeties. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, they're they're coming, boys. Be ready, and they just they just come in hard from the east and then just one. What were your feelings like? You're like okay, here these birds are. They're about to commit, or they're about we're we're there. It, yeah. Okay. What was like? What was your like? biggest worry or like what was going through your mind at that time i hope these guys can shoot (laughs) (laughs) like like, there's only so much you can do as the outfitter as far as putting the birds down then it's you know it's incumbent on the the client to to finish the job you know so uh everybody you know as far as post hunt everybody's looking for a pile pick or you know these big pile picks and you know if you don't wind up with a pile pick and it's due to poor shooting you know you it can be tough to market yourself down the road or whatever so you're, you're hoping your guys can shoot and uh we had a flock very similar to this one do it just beautifully well just last weekend um same scenario about about everything was the same and they come in and 25 landed on the water and only two birds died and we had to finish them off because they weren't cleanly finished and uh, so that was really disappointing it's a highlight flock but uh, that the the 
the ineptitude of the shooting. The let off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, uh, uh, it's it's going to be one of those things you talk about in the blind. You'll you'll remember it fondly because of how epic the failure was, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to talk, make it sound like I'm talking bad about those guys because we had a lot of fun with that flock. But so with this flock, it was basically like deja vu of that previous flock, and it's like, oh man, I hope these guys can shoot because <laughs> we can't do it any better. And uh, so. Whenever they, whenever it was, it was go time and you heard everybody's guns click off, you know, it's, it's like, all right, here they come. They're squared up and you can hear their wings back flapping and you can hear that, that, that distinct sound of their, their on the water. And it's like, take them or get them or whatever we said. I can't, I it was, yeah. it was just kill them. And, uh, then you guys rose up and you, you did what you're supposed to and. We uh we dropped eleven out of that, so yeah. And, and you made a comment too, and Chet said, "You know, I could tell you guys because it wasn't just bam, 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 bam. It was bam, 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 bam. It was all time yeah, that yeah. you guys were zoned in. You were taking your time, getting the good shots. And yeah, we watched it back. You know, I was videoing on the phone and watched it back, and you can hear bang, bang, bang. They're all shooting pumps, so that contributes to that delay. But it's also it, there's a deliberateness into the shooting. And so whenever you have, you know, 15 possible shells going off and you're dropping 11 birds, you can feel pretty good about that flock. So that was an epic flock. Yeah. What um, was your, what was your, uh, you know, feeling or like emotional response as you see, okay, the first set of birds goes down. Oh, Another set of birds just went down, and then oh, another set of birds went down. How, like walking through that, it's uh, it's it's like elation <laughs> and relief. It's like a it's a multitude of emotions. It's uh, exhilaration, joy, happiness. It's a lot of that. Just it's a high. Yeah. All right, Doc, you've had a lot of geese in your face on that first pit line. We hunt we went on explain the difference between your shooting in that situation and then this situation well the first time like i said i was kind of like bryce that was my first time in a pit blind and uh there was so many i didn't know you know i just i didn't know where to shoot and like i say this time when we got in there and and he said here's your lane here's where you want to shoot and so i just constantly i just when those that first came it's okay i'm going to take the first one and then let's the second one. The first one I was right on, so I'm crumpled. The second one, you know, is one of those where maybe two of us at the same time, but I was just staying focused and just okay. Zone in on this one and pick out one bird and that's the one you want. So just experience and learning and and uh, you know, and I can understand what you're saying. It's kinda like as a coach, you you coach him up, coach him up. And then when you see them do well, that, that feels good. Yeah. And I've had that experience a lot of times in the last 40-plus years of coaching. And so I understand what you're saying about, you know, everything you did, they're here. Let's be successful. And we were. And so I under, I know exactly how you feel. All right. Dave, your reaction to that? It was – and I said it to you guys uh, and the truck. 
It was like something you see out of a TV show. Yeah. Like yeah. when the, the way those birds finish, the, their approach, the way they finished, and then the way we executed was just it. I mean, we might as well have, you know, been videotaping like RT or, you know, the <laughs> grind or something, right? Like it was. It Shout was, out to them if they'd like to come out with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was impressive, and we, Ben, you and I, we've had some great hunts down in uh, south, down in the southwest, and stuff like that. But at least uh, in my experience, I've never had that type of flock come in, and just everybody have so much success on volley after volley. It was, it it was amazing, and that's something that's burned in my mind for forever and i'm gonna be bragging about it to all all my friends back home so rice on the spot what's the most important thing you learned today that i learned today yep shooting lanes yeah and two right a big one well and then keep your keep your gun out of your out of your layout line <laughs> don't want to turn into a two-toe tommy You're going to make a great dad someday. <laughs> Awful dad jokes. Well, the, the shooting lanes is super important because yeah. when you square up a flock and everybody center punches it, you're going to wind up with a hamburger bird and one bird or maybe two. I think we had a duck that was got turned into hamburger today. Yeah. That I think was everybody one. got a piece of that guy. Yeah, he got a little beat up. But he'll eat fine. Or yeah. did he eat fine? Did you guys nope. eat him? No, nope, we didn't. We didn't eat any duck tonight. We ate some goose. Yeah, very and some, good. And some venison. But what'd you learn about cooking a goose? Yeah. So you know, I don't. I'll just say it. I I don't have the most. I I know how to cook the heck out of a duck, and a lot of the same principles apply to the goose. However, where you can throw a mallard breast onto the grill. A super hot grill or super hot pan for a couple minutes. It's not the case with a big old honker breast. You got to you got to butterfly that thing. And how did it eat tonight, boys? Excellent, excellent, delicious. Yes. Like, I wish I had room for more. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> there's still another couple hunks in the fridge if you want a bit nice snack. Hey, I might I might have to take you up on that. But. It, it, it was delicious. It was, it was very well cooked, and it was tender, cooked right. Like tastes like steak. A little bit better. Yeah, and goose don't got steak of the skies. Yep. All right, it's that time of the evening. Oh man! All right, Bryce, are you ready? Absolutely not. Okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do a little bit of trivia with Bryce, um, and I. We've ruined a couple trivia questions because this 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 really got inspired by you know uh, I think I think it was Chad that you were Dustin asking what's the most important thing about duck hunting I don't know that was Chad it was Chad I say a lot of stuff when I'm hunting <laughs> yeah Dustin can attest to that yeah it's kind of just throw it and see what sticks it's, I've I've joked many times that if I didn't have one liners I wouldn't have much personality. Bryce, when it comes to the wind direction, explain the most, you know, the favorable, uh, where, where do you want the wind in relation to you? 
you want the wind in your backs, at your back, right? Yep. Because the birds are going to come in, come into the wind. All right. Is it acceptable to have it at your left or your right cheek? Yes. Okay. What is that? One point? One point? I mean, you asked two questions. Two, two points. points. Two points. All right. All right. If I get to 10, what do I win? Pat you on get the to back. Sleep and... another night in the blind. The watch. <laughs> I get to go. You get to get... sleep a night in the blind. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. If I lose, I get to sleep in the blind. <laughs> if I win, I get to hunt tomorrow. <laughs> Chad, you got a. You got any trivia for Bryce? Uh, how many? How many? Uh, if you're if you're hunting waterfowl or migratory birds, uh, what's the max number of shells you can have? Three. How many in the chamber? One. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I did have to make a homemade homemade plug on my first teal hunt, but. Figured that out. That's a good skill. Yeah. That's a good yeah. skill. It'll save your butt. You got a homemade plug in yours. Yes, I do. I got a homemade plug in mine. Pretty sure I got a plastic hanger in mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah what's the, I, do they just not readily sell those things around here? No. It's not worth it. Walmart doesn't carry a plug. They don't even carry choke tubes. We did have a question. Uh-huh. About El Dorado. Oh, okay. On our way into town, we oh. noticed a fine little establishment off the north side of the road. Oh, the sh- oh, are you talking 54? about the showboat? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sports resort. The sports resort. I have yeah. no idea. I've never been in. <laughs> We've joked about going in there a bunch of times, but I've never been in. Presents itself online as a sports bar. However, when you look at the pictures of the establishment, it's the Krusty Krab. There is a stage <laughs> in the middle of it. I, I don't know. I've never, like, I always thought that they opened that up whenever we first started. I figured, you know, guys coming here on their their vacation weekend, do some hunting, get a little loose on the weekend. Not a single one of the guys is gone. Not a single group is gone. They so got something about your clientele, I guess. I, I mean, we got classy hunters. <laughs> yeah. Or broke hunters. One of the two. <laughs> I'm a lean on broke. <laughs> but no, I, I, I have no insight to that place. Yeah. Well, we went to uh, where did we go tonight to watch a little football? Um, Willie's. Willie's. Oh, Willies. you guys went to Willie's? Yeah. <clears throat> the waitress come up and I said, and I don't drink. And she, I go, do you have any non-alcoholic beer? And she goes, no. I said, well, I called yesterday. And she goes, you did? I said, yeah, I called yesterday and told them we were coming. They said, they're going to have to. She goes, well, who did you talk to? I said, well, I talked to Willie. <laughs> and she knew the gig was up, but we had fun. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Dave. You got any trivia? Uh, you're going to have to come back to me. My brain's still misfiring. Nothing? Doc? So what's the what's the daily bag limit of Canadians? Canada geese. Canada geese. Canada gooses. A majestic barrel-chested. <laughs> Six. But, and so what about ducks? Like mallards. Five. Six? Five. Five. Five mallards. How many can be hens? Two. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Guess that one. (laughs) Now, this has been... How many... uh, If you were to show a total limit of geese, all species, how many could you shoot in a single day? Non-conservation season. Today. 
How many? So you can shoot. Because uh, specs don't count the same. That's where the trick question's at, right? I mean, it's not really a trick question. It's the in the red book. The trick question for me, I didn't read the rule book. <laughs> <laughs> I had you them, took them hunting, Chad. I had them explain the rule book to me. I learned on the fly. It's a good thing we're calling the shot. Yeah. You can kill six dark geese. You can kill two speckled bellies. And you can kill 50 snows. 50? 50 snows? In a single day. Non-conservation season. So 62 total. Holy moly. No, 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 no. 58. 58. Math is awful. It's late. It was a long day. As you said earlier today, I'm not a mathologist. No <laughs> mathology going on here. Have you ever heard of anyone that shot a full limit like that? Uh, there's a, I don't know who it was recently. They, they put up a big number, but I don't know how many guns they had. But they put up like. Almost 300 birds on a hunt. Jeez. It's pretty pretty insane. Yeah. yeah. But when you live, you live there, it's it's a possibility. Is this your first pond hunt? Me and Scott are going to do a pond hunt. Uh, we're just going to do a quick Sunday hunt. Had a farm pond on, on my family's ground. Just off the lake. Thought it was going to be great. Cornfields around it. Did you scout it? No. What'd you learn today? Location, location, location. Got to scout it. Scout, scout, scout. Yeah. Got to know how they're working, when they're working, and take the day's lesson, apply it to the next day. You know, you learn more from an ass kicking than you do a, a successful hunt. Yeah. yeah. A lot more. So. I will say this. Uh, with Dustin and Chad, even though today was a successful hunt, I, I mean, I still learned a lot. And yeah. that's one of those things, every time I go into a hunt, especially, I always try to learn a little little something new, a little something different. So I'm curious, what was your takeaway? You're saying you learned something. What's your takeaway? Because you hunt, you hunt, I assume, fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, for me, it was to be a little bit more... Uh, precise with calling like th i think that was the most uh impressive thing i think a lot of times because I, I still consider myself new to waterfowl i'm what like four years in yeah um so it, it's really easy in some of my fr some of my friends i go hunting with you know they'll hammer down on the call a little little quick and a little long and you know just being a little patient and using the call as a fine tool tool instrument instead of as your main uh, main tool in the tool bag, I think that's probably the most important thing I, I, I took away from this hunt. Did you uh, get a sense like, I don't know, everybody says, you know, if you're going to read a handbook on it, they say call on the corners or whatever. Um, that just means, you know, as they swing, you tail, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it always seems like, I don't know, my philosophy is like, I try and pick out a bird, you know, and that bird that I'm picking out that I'm trying to call to is the bird that, you know, he might, he might miss a single beat on his wings or he might just a 
for a split second glide whenever everything everyone else is pumping their wings or his head's turned or you know if the the flocks peeling away and then you might have one or two that just kind of slow it's like it's they like drift off a they drift off a little bit kind of like you know somebody's on their phone driving the same thing with them. They kind of just drift and get a little distracted. Oh, what's going on down yeah, there? Yeah, she's looking pretty good. <laughs> I can't tell the difference, but they're all good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's my first philosophy: find the one that misses the wing beat, or you know, turns its head and is watching, or you know, just get, it's, seems to be showing the most interest. And then I don't know. I try and think. What I'm trying to say to them through the call, I don't, I don't. That's I pretty hippy dippy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> project your thoughts on the goose. Yeah, it's like, yeah, send some good vibes it's out like, there. Like, come here, we got good food. You know, <laughs> it's an open buffet or whatever. You know, maybe that builds a little emotion. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Try and seduce them into the decoys or whatever. Uh, however you think might coax them in, and then try and take that thought and produce it through the tones of the call. Oh, that's my thought process. I don't know if it makes a shit to anybody else or if that helps anybody, but that's kind of how my brain thinks of it. One more thing I learned too is uh, every time you're standing outside the blind, that is when mileage will fly overhead. Yeah. Because we have about what, like three flocks, <laughs> whether way more than that. Yeah. Than whether that. Ben was uh you know, relieving himself again, or we all just kind of stood up just to like stretch a little bit. And you get a little bound up on the in-betweens or. And then there was like 20 that like flew overhead. And I was just like, Oh, well, <laughs> go figure. Right. We were just laying down for an hour, two hours and, you know, getting a single in here, a single in there, but. It's just the way it goes. Ah, uh, that, I mean, that, that is duck hunting. Like, Always. All right. Now, me having been here before, um, out to Chad's place here at Sky Panda Outfitters, does the lodge have a name? They've never named it. Oh. Never named it. It's just the lodge. It's the cabin. One of the things that I looked forward to most um, about this hunt was literally just getting out of the house, you know, um, being able to hang out with you guys. Uh, shirk the, responsibility. For yeah, shirk some responsibility. And uh, just come, like, chill out, sleep on a, a nice bed, uh, and, uh, you know, be confined to a, a space with, you know, three of your best friends, four of your best friends. And um, what, what's your takeaway of the lodging? What what'd you, what'd you think of this place? Oh, this is ideal. I mean, if I owned a piece of land that I was going to hunt on, you know, there was, <clears throat> whether it was turkey hunt, waterfowl, deer, whatever, this is ideal. It's <clears throat> not so big that, you know. Everybody's off doing their own thing. Yeah, but yet it's it's big enough that it does a job. This is awesome. This is an awesome place. Yeah. This is, this place is like ideal for like an intimate close group of friends. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's it's a lot of fun here. Yeah, like we because I I think the lodge is what kind of initially shaped our how we wanted to direct our hunts. You know, because we only got four bunks, um, and so we really we would really prefer the guys to be staying here uh, rather than going and find a place in town. Now, if they 
want to, a bigger group can come in and stay in town at a, at what you know one of the area places. But just having the the, the small bunkhouse lends itself to the the guy that's getting out with his closest buddy, you know, whether it's his dad or his three best friends or whatever it is. And then uh, we just kind of focus on them, try and get to know them. You know, it's not it's not just, hey, let's show up. You know, we're going to have 10, 15 guns all ringing off on a single or all, you know. It's just, I, it's a much more... I would say it's much more personable, uh, and that's kind of how we wanted to direct ourselves and, you know, conduct ourselves amongst the the guys that come and choose to hunt with us. So that's that's how we do it. We try and, and whenever my, my family allows it, I like to get out and kind of interact with the guys, and uh, it's it's nice interacting with people that you know from all over the country hearing different stories you know it's kind of like getting to be a traveler every weekend in my own backyard so Bryce you get the final words on this podcast what you got final words on this podcast yep how about a poem oh, are you kidding me yeah a poem <laughs> Go ahead. Let's hear it. All right, let's go. It's called The Duck Hunter. The poor duck hunter in his blind. Cold in front and wet behind. It cost him nearly 10,000 bucks to hide himself from those silly ducks. Is that, is that self-written? No. Oh. Heard it from heard it from guy when he told him I was going duck hunting this weekend. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you going to give him some credit on who's Did he that? write that? I don't know where he got it. He said his... His sister embroidered it for him on a pillow that he got like 20 years ago and when he was into waterfowl really big. And All right. Well, that's the first time I think we've had a poem on this podcast. Is that prose? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Spoken the contaminator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was multiple poems that happened today on the hunt. Didn't, didn't you... Bust out a poem today? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, El Dorado. El Dorado. Yeah. yeah. Or excuse me. El Dorado. El Dorado. Yeah, we have style. to we have to redneck it up out here. Yeah. Don't try to French it up. Had a lot of pops and sodas and Yeah. So, so. All right. Well I think that's all we got for tonight. I think this was a lot of fun. And uh Chad, go ahead. How can, <sighs> how can people get a hold of you? Uh well you can you can just dial me up direct you can call or text me uh it's, I'll give it out over a national broadcast it's a three one six two one seven five six seven five you can find us at uh, skypandoutdoors dot com um, we keep a a weekly a weekly uh, hunt journal on there uh, it's just kind of something that uh, we're trying to do for. Uh, our future guests and past guests to give them a little insight on on the blind and how the hunt went and we we don't sugarcoat it we tell it how it was and um you know if it was great it was great if it sucked it sucked it you know it was it's just straight so um so yeah we try to provide that so you guys can just kind of have a feel for how we are um you can find us on facebook search sky panda outdoors 
Uh, or you can find us on Instagram at Sky Panda Outdoors. All right. Awesome. Well, from the unnamed lodge at Sky Panda <laughs> Outdoors, uh, the foul front is going to go back to having some fun. Deuces. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great, great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, We also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like. And we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv when you go out there and the fish are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at hawks cave Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.